here today. Thank you to our worship team for leading us this morning. Woohoo! It is really fun that in a little church like ours, we have, what, I can think of three, four really good worship leaders. So, Brandon, thanks for being with us again today. It's always good to have you. Yes. Well, we uh, every week have been mentioning and reminding ourselves that, that to love God, love others, and follow Jesus together are the things that God is pointing us to, calling us to as a church more deeply. Uh, and the last couple of weeks, we've been in a different series that we are calling uh, Better Together. It's about community. It's about following Jesus together. And, and last week, kind of used this metaphor, if you were here, we used this metaphor about how gardening um, reflects what community and this journey of being on community looks like for us here. And, and we know that being in a community and, and growing a deeper sense of community among us isn't going to be easy. There's not a formula. It's not like a drive-through that you just kind of hit up and get instant friendship. It takes some cultivating. It takes planting of seeds. It takes watering the ground. It takes, you know, some fertilizing, which some of you know who you are. Um, that might be me. All right. So, but we know that God is wanting to cultivate that uh, amongst us here in the Hope family, so last week it was community, it's, it's, it's like a garden. Uh, and today, in our garden, I want to think of us as planting seeds, and it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit will plant and water and nurture these seeds of community, and so that there will be this uh, amazing harvest in time of our community here at our little Hope Church family. Uh, and the seeds that we are talking on today may be some of the more important seeds uh, of, of seeing God's kingdom grow in us and through us that, that we will find. And the seeds I'm going to talk about today, we'll unveil this over here in case you can't see it. The seeds I'm talking about are Legos. These are seeds. And Velcro. A little snap and scrunch here. Let's see if I can... Legos and Velcro. These are the seeds that we are looking at today. And today I'm going to use this idea of, of Legos and this idea of, of, of the metaphor of Velcros kind of as, you know, novel names for, for what we in the Christian church world call community. And this week I want to talk about how community is like Legos and Velcro. Now the Bible has... Uh, over 50 passages in Scripture that speak to how God wants his people, you and I, to relate to one another. In fact, many of these 59 use that phrase, one another's. Some people say uh, the one another's of Scripture. Did you guys get that handout when you came in today? No. Dalton, will you hand those out to people? Heidi will help. The one another's in scripture, the one another's in scripture, will get them distributed to you. Um, I put some of them on some slides here up on the screen, and so let's look at those next slide here. Um, in Zechariah, it says that we are to speak the truth to one another. Mark tells us to be at peace with one another. Uh, John says, a new commandment, this is Jesus speaking, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. In Romans, we're told to love one another with brotherly affection and to outdo one another in showing honor to each other. Uh, Romans also tells us to live in harmony with one another. 
Um, it says in verse in chapter 13 to owe no one anything except to love one another. Romans also tells us, then let us no more pass judgment on one another. Romans 15 says to welcome one another. We're told in 1 Corinthians to care for one another and that if one member suffers, that all suffer together. Galatians picks up and tells us to be servants of one another, to bear one another's burdens. Ephesians tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as, as God in Christ forgave you. Let, let's read, you don't have to read the scripture reference, but let's read these, these next two slides. There's three on each, aloud together. Um, we are to, what? Abound in love to one another. And to... Comfort one another. We are told to encourage one another every day. Next slide. We are to let, uh, let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works. We are to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And lastly, beloved, let us love one another. Whew. These are just 18 of the 59 one another's, and these are what I'm calling the, the stuff of Legos in the church, the Legos in the church, and the Velcro of the body of Christ. And I, I think about sometimes in some churches that I've been at, in fact, I watched a, a, a video recently of um, an entire church service that I just watched through the whole thing. And it was actually, I was like, wow, this is really bad. Now I'm sure maybe people watch, you know, our stuff and go, whoa, this is really bad, right? But it got me thinking about churches because, you know, we try to put some energy, some effort into Sunday morning being here together. Like, I hope you can tell that we spend some time. We're not trying to put on a show, but we put some time into the teaching uh, we put time into preparation. The team practices for, for worship so that they can be free to just lead us without trying to, you know, figure out the songs on the fly. Um, so those things are, are, are good. Um, but, you know, this is, we're not trying to put on like a, a show every week. And when I have been in churches where they put on a show, sometimes you wonder, well, okay, wow, this is pretty amazing. And why would anybody go to a church that didn't do it really well? Like, why would people show up at a church where there's bland preaching, boring services? Why would they continue to attend that church over and over and over? And I think my answer to why that happens is Velcro. It's about Velcro, right? Um, or, or sometimes I wonder, why do people continue going to a church when the music is you know, reminiscent of funeral dirges and the pace of the service is kind of that of a snail? And my reason for why that happens is, is because of Legos. Legos is why. Um, sometimes people show up in the face of rundown facilities and just poorly you know, put together places, and they keep coming back to these archaic models of ministry. And you know why do they do that? I think it's because of Legos and Velcro. And I actually mean those in positive ways. Because here's the deal, even though we put effort into preaching, um, great preaching, you know, it might bring somebody back, you know, once or twice to a church initially, but, but great preaching and great services on a Sunday morning won't keep people there long if there's no Velcro to stick to. Um, 
if we put all our energy into you know, smoke machines and light shows and slick videos and big screens and really funny or heart-moving sketches or skits, people might come back for a second or a third visit, but unless there are some Lego snap-ons to have them come back to or connect to, there's no reason for them to stay long-term. So at a lot of churches, and sometimes I think at ours as well, um, it's in the big front door and shoom, quickly right out the back door. In some places, it's you know like a revolving door, which is fine. It's okay. People come in and go out. Um, and I think it's fine unless, <laughs> unless people came looking for something from God. They were looking for something to be a part of, and then they just leave because they couldn't get connected. Couldn't get connected. So if people come in and the reason they leave is they couldn't get connected, uh, that just breaks my heart. See, because we might do a great show and we might go somewhere and appreciate a slick moving production, but that's not why people really come back to church, not for long. Um, See, what gets people through turbulent times, through job transitions, through the loss of a spouse or the pain of daily living, or the instability of COVID. In every case, um, I think that great messages and you know, uplifting music, I think those things are helpful. But what's really needed when the chips are down are Legos to connect to, our, our Velcro to be stuck to. And you and I, church, you and I are Legos. We are pieces of Velcro. Now, if you look at Velcro alone, you know, um, a single piece of Velcro isn't worth much. You can't really do, you know, much with that single-sided piece of Velcro, right? There's not much you can do with that. And, and a single Lego by itself really can't build anything. I mean, just try giving your, your, your preschooler, your toddler, your grandkid, your kid uh, a single Lego. <laughs> They'll pretty quickly be done being entertained, right? Because you need more than a single Lego. You need more than a single piece of Velcro. But you start getting more Legos in there. You start getting different kinds of Legos and different colors and shapes and sizes and varieties and the specialty pieces. And you do all that, and suddenly things get more interesting, don't they? And you get people to stick together in that whole Velcro piece. You get another piece of Velcro to stick to, and you actually have something that, that takes shape when we have that kind of Legos. We have those kinds of Velcro. And I bet some of you can think of the Legos and the Velcro people in your life. Those Lego and Velcro people in your life are the people who, who love you without question, they accept you. They don't judge you whether you agree or disagree. They stick with you. And each one of us need to have those kinds of relationships of, of support and encouragement. That's what the body of Christ is intended to be. And, and I could have probably any number of you just stand up today and, and have you tell us about relationships in your life that have made a difference. Um, other things can facilitate growth, classes, Bible studies, all of it is, is good. It can help us grow, but without close friendships, we just can't make it. Without people to lean on and be connected to, 
We just can't make it because we're better together and we're not intended to do life by ourselves. We're not intended to do life alone. And from time to time, I love hearing how people tell me and our staff um, how, how getting connected in a, a small group or a study group or, or, or being on a team that serves here at Hope, uh, how doing that has made a huge difference in their life. Like some of them actually found a whole new life. That's not an overstatement. And if that's you, that getting connected has helped you find a whole new life, you have sensed a whole new opportunity to serve other people, to love other people. And so I want to ask us kind of two probing questions this morning, and I don't want to meddle. I just want us to start thinking more about our spiritual journey together here as, as, as a community here at Hope. And, and I do, by the way, believe that, that the Hope family is moving into a brand new season together as we are starting to, I hope, come out of the COVID season I believe that, that, that we know God's calling us deeper into following Jesus together. And doing, to, doing it together is doing it in authentic biblical community. And, and so here's the first of the questions. Are you snapped in and, and Velcroed into the community here at Hope? Are you Lego snapped and are you Velcroed in to community? And, and because we're here at Hope, I'm, I'm hoping that where you're snapped in and feeling connected is the Hope community. And again, like all metaphors break down. Um, and, and being in community, like we talked about last week, it's, it's, it is organic like a garden. But there are some things that we can do that help cultivate the soil. Um, things like seeds, like uh, small groups, um, and joining one of our ministry teams are two that I really think of as two of the best ways to get snapped in and connected um, here at the Hope family. Now, when you look at Legos, when you look at Legos, each little building block, each one of these Lego blocks has all these little tiny pieces, uh, little snap buttons, I guess you could call them, that, that you can snap into that connect another Lego to it. And I think the metaphor that comes to me is... Um, are you connected to any other Legos? Like if, if you think of our relationships like Legos and you think about our church community like Legos, you know, some of you, you know, you probably see yourself as that little four or two brick Lego, right? Where there's only a couple spots to snap into. Others of you, you know, you might be a little more capacity. So you've got a bunch more places to snap onto. So however you see yourself or wherever you see yourself kind of in that Lego Metaphor: Are you connected to any other Legos? Um, and some of you, you know, it's just been really hard during COVID, right, for any of us to connect or get connected. It's very hard, very difficult. So there's no shame. I'm just calling us into what's next to choose next now to, to get connected, to, to be connected to folks. And we always want to be a church, by the way, where people can show up and just kind of figure things out and see things and, and decide whether or not this is the right family for them. We, you know, we respect people's anonymity. We don't try to force anything. Um, but at the same time, I just want to remind all of us, whether you're new here or you've been here a while, it does take, take some intentionality to get um, connected. Uh, it's not easy. It's not convenient to to be in community. It's like we talked about last week. It's like cultivating a garden. And see, one of our problems in our culture, I think, when it comes to getting connected in community, 
uh, is that our whole Western individualistic mindset that we are all imprinted with um, is that we don't think of, we don't tend to think of community in our culture as important. We don't think that it's really vital. It's just sort of an add-on. Um, and for some of us, when we talk about biblical community together, doing life together, it just seems like an extra, an option, an add-on. But I think that's a really dangerous place to live, like to see it as optional and an add-on. Um, it's a dangerous way to live. I think one place that we can see that in Scripture is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, where it says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, their friend can help them up, but pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. And just think about this scripture, this verse here. And, and I, you know, life is just full of, of ruts and potholes and bumps along the way. And, and when you hit a bump in your life, don't you want somebody there for you who knows you? Don't you want somebody, when you get to that point in your life where you've been in that one another flow, like all those one another's we talked about earlier, uh, don't you want somebody that you've been in that flow with? Like when the chips are down in your life, in your story, are there some Lego people in the body of Christ that you are already, you know, snapped into? Um, and, and by the way, even if you're somebody who your life is kind of a relatively smooth ride, um, you need this too. You need this too because um, when, not if, but when we hit a major pothole and we get a flat tire, who's there to help us change the tire, like I don't think there's a triple A for <laughs> emotional flat tires when we hit these things in life. Um, so are you, again, here at Hope, our emphasis that we're launching in a few weeks here is uh, small groups. And so are you in a small group? Uh, are you serving on a ministry team? Are you connected with some other Christian friends who help you do life, people that you're doing your spiritual journey with? So that question, by the way, that I've been kind of walking us through here, are you snapped in and scrunched together? That's, that's actually just one side of the coin because I think there's a caution to there. Um, and if you are connected, if you are connected, if you've got people in your life that are that way, then I want to ask you this. Have you left enough room in your heart for other people? Like, is there room in your heart for others to snap in who are not connected, who are not yet in the family or not yet a part of the family or looking to connect at a church family? I mean, in keeping with that kind of Lego and Velcro picture, um, are all your snaps covered, right? Are all your Velcro scrunches hooks, are they all full and there's just no room for anybody else? Because we can do that real easily. We can just kind of get snapped together. We can get snapped and so there's just no more room for anybody else to hook onto. We're full. We're full. That's all we got. And I realize that when I even ask that question, some of you might go, wait a minute, Doug. I thought you wanted us all snapped in and together, right? That means we're tight with people, right? And yes, we do. We want people. Like, we totally need real, healthy, authentic relationships with each other. If we're going to grow into who Christ has called us to be, uh, we need those close relationships. But I think we have to 
realize that, that we can't have all of those snaps snapped together because um, there's a fine line between um, being in community and having a tight-knit community and also leaving you know, some room for others to be able to snap in. Um, you know, in the Velcro analogy, you know, yeah, we need to be scrunched together, but we need to have some space for someone else to be able to come along and also attach to us as well. So we have to have some unscrunched areas so that we can be connected to others as well. And I think that maybe some of you can relate when you think about um, how it is that you came to know Christ. Maybe in your life, you came to follow Jesus. Um, Maybe you got connected into community. Even if you were unconvinced that it mattered, you just did it. And then suddenly you found out, wow, I can be snapped together and scrunched together and be doing life with people in a way that, wow, I would never want to do without now. Like maybe you went from 0% connection to 100% immersion which is a good thing unless we forget to leave space and make room for unconnected people to be connected as well. I was a part of a church ministry where um, the idea was we were going to reach new people that were unreached. And in the beginning stages of that ministry, there were about 30 or 40 people that were kind of the core of that. And they had a Sunday school class they'd been doing together for a while. Um, And when we came and started really casting vision for reaching more people that were not yet reached, I was kind of shocked, I guess, but I learned a, I learned a lesson. Um, some people started complaining as new people came into this group because they suddenly had a bunch of folks that they didn't know. Like, people were finding Jesus and coming and trying to get connected into this little group as it started to grow. Um, And they were mad because they were like, I've got enough friends already. I don't want more friends. (laughs) They literally said that at a a meeting that we had, just trying to cast vision and move forward. I don't need any more friends. I don't care about new people. I don't want to be a part of something where new people come. And guess what? Most of them went ahead and moved on. And the good thing was that left room for people to get snapped and scrunched in. And eventually, after a few years, there were 400 people that had mostly come to Jesus as a part of that ministry. And and here's the thing. Like, we need to leave space for people and have that both-and deal where we want to be connected to each other and we want to leave space for new people to get connected. And it can be quite of a delicate dance because church um, researchers have a lot of studies about this and they point out that, that when someone starts following Jesus... Um, oftentimes what happens uh, if they're new to following Jesus, that 90% of us, once we've been a Christian for a year or two, 90% of us are totally ineffective at reaching new people for Christ. And one of the reasons that that happens is when we get so inwardly focused that we kind of, you know, surround ourselves only with Christians and um, and we kind of don't leave room for anyone else. Now, some people do it the other way, and then it's really hard to follow Jesus if you don't have any room for anyone 
in your life that is not a Christian or is a Christian. Like, you got to find, again, it's the balance of this. And, and by the way, I know that for some folks, if you're starting to follow Jesus and you're coming out of areas of addiction, it's actually not a bad idea to kind of leave the old neighborhood behind for a little while until you're solid in your new walk or you have a few solid people around you that can then help you reach your old neighborhood or go back to places where some of those... Um, addictions would have happened, but, but for lots of us, what happens is, you know, we start following Jesus. We start loving the church community that's around us, and we start to grow. It's really, really cool, but again, the problem is if we don't leave some room on our Lego for other people to get connected in, then we're kind of missing the mark. Um, and so my plea is just, yes, get connected, be connected, but also let's make sure and be mindful to leave some space for new folks, either that are just coming to get connected here at our church or to find Jesus, for new folks to get connected in. Now, I want to look at the life of Jesus and kind of give some examples of how this different circles deal works, where, where yes, you have close friends, but yes, you make sure you leave space for others. Um, if we look at the life of Jesus, we see kind of these concentric circles, um, and the inner circle here is Jesus with the three. This is uh, Peter, James, and John. This is the inner circle that Jesus had. Um, these were the people that Jesus was closest to, that he could be most vulnerable with. And you and I, we need those close inner circle, vulnerable relationships where we live with nothing hidden, somebody that knows all my stuff and knows everything about me. Um, we got to have these inner circles. And again, some of you are, you know, you're, you might see yourself as a smaller Lego that has room for just a couple or uh, two or three or four. Some of you maybe have a uh, bigger space to have a bigger circle. So this isn't like mathematically here is how it has to be. But it's the general idea, that inner circle. And uh, for Jesus, it was him with Peter, James, and John. Next circle out here, we see Jesus with the 12th, and this is the rest of his disciples, all 12 of his disciples, and with those disciples, um, Jesus was available to them. He was there to meet with them, to help them do life together. Uh, it's still kind of a tight circle, but these people, the 12, are significantly available to one another, and this is kind of the idea, I think, where small groups go, and this is where we want to have people connected into one another in groups of, you know, maybe 6 to 12, something like that, so that we can actually do life together and be available to one another. And by the way, this is why we have leaders in the church that lead these groups because the quickest way to make sure that our church doesn't reach people or grow is for everybody to have to be directly connected to me or Pastor Jim or one of the staff. That is the quickest way for us to just cap our growth and our impact on reaching new people if it's just up to us. And thank God it's not because we have, I believe, Nine or ten folks that have stepped up to facilitate small groups in this next season, in this next season. So, I should say nine homes, um, so more people than that because some of the groups are being led by couples. So, um, those kind of the 12 is where that's at. Now, beyond these two circles, you see Jesus did life with the 70. This is the folks that he was accessible to, um, and this is kind of where it gets tricky, 
Because if you're a leader here at Hope or, or a core member here in the Hope uh, family community, um, when you come here to be a part of the church activities, it might be tempting to just look for our tight circle, our three or to our 12. But here as leaders at the church, we try to be available when we come together here at Hope um, and accessible to folks so we don't just eat with our inner circle while we're doing like Hope family dinners or things like that here. We try to be open and to connect with folks. I see Lily do this really well all the time. In fact, a bunch of you do this really well where when someone new shows up, boom, make sure you say hello, make sure they're welcome. And it's not put on, it's a real thing. And it's part of, you know, we don't want to overwhelm new people by like getting in their face and scaring them away. (laughs) We don't want to be that guy. Um, But we want to welcome people and make sure that they know that they are welcome. And that's the idea behind kind of the bigger crowd for us. You know, it could be thinking about our church. Again, this is not a numerical, you know, mandated thing, but it's with the 70, it's kind of that next level of leaders and those that are following Jesus. And then kind of the outer circles, everybody else, uh, we think of it as Christ with the crowd or Christ with the multitude. We see Jesus doing ministry and being available to the multitude. They could see Jesus in action. He ministered to them. He set them free. He invited them into following him. That's Jesus with the crowd and the multitude. So, The idea here with these different circles is that Jesus was connected, but it wasn't just this impenetrable inner circle uh, where it was just him and his three friends or 12 friends or even the 70. He left room for others, and he was intentional about both parts, about having those tight relationships and leaving space for others. And I, sh- I really think that this shows us from the life of Jesus about our capacity to make room for others as well. Like Jesus was generous towards all these people, kind to everyone around him. And maybe he helped them get connected into smaller communities. We don't have that level of detail in the Gospels. But for us, the application that, that I'm kind of angling toward is that I want us to cultivate those tight relationships, those close you know, scrunched in, snapped in Lego type communities, but I also want to make room for people, for new people to be able to connect. Because Jesus makes a call for everyone to come into his kingdom. That's how he rolls, that's how he works. He wants all people to come to the party. He desires for people to be scrunched into the body of Christ and connected to the kingdom of God. And if you're a newer Christian, this is really cool, because like I said before, you probably have all kinds of relationships with people that have not yet followed Jesus that you can invite into following Jesus or invite to show up here at church or to be in conversations or groups. And sometimes, I know some of you have done this, and maybe you get a little tired because you've been trying to do that, and maybe they're not interested or they're not wanting to follow Jesus. You get maybe tired of even trying to talk to them about what God's doing in your life, but, but what if maybe one day something happens to your friend or in your friend's life and they start to wonder about all the seeds that you've been planting. They start to wonder about this God thing that you've been into and they start to think, you know, like, wow, you know, I see my friend. I see them and I didn't think they were going to make it. I didn't think, I thought this was just kind of a season of, you know, all right, they'll get this God thing out of their system. It's just a phase and, and, and she'll be back to normal in no time. 
But maybe they'll see your life and go, I saw that you hung in there and you loved me no matter what I said, no matter what I did. And now I've watched you for months or years of following Jesus and you're still following Jesus. And and what if that person who you've just been cultivating a relationship with, what if one day they start to follow Jesus because of that connection that you've left open for them? Wouldn't that be amazing? And who is that in your life? Whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or you're kind of new to it, who is that person in your life? Open, ready to scrunch in. So, so again, it's important for us to leave that open space for someone a non-believer or a newer believer to get connected, to maybe start following Jesus. See, friends, um, don't we want to be people that, that selflessly have a snap or two <laughs> that are open so others can still connect, so that others might, through us, become people who experience the love of God? Because Jesus wants everyone to come into the community. John 3.16, up on the screen here. John 3.16, let's read this out loud together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. See, God wants everyone to know his love and he wants to express his love through you and through me. See, because in the end, it's not really all about community. It's all about love. It's all about love. See, in the end, nobody's going to care if we had the coolest church service or the best band. Nobody's going to give a rip about how the speaking or how the worship went. In the end, it's all about love. And so our question, Hope Family, is will you and I leave room for God to snap on some unconnected people, some unconnected Legos so that they too may experience community and maybe even start following Jesus. Will we do that? And if you're somebody who's unconnected, will you take the risk and and get connected? Will you take the steps that are needed, the intentional steps that you have to take in order to get connected? Will you take those steps... See, because the truth is about me and the truth about you is that we need to be connected, don't we? And if you're not yet connected, I want you to snap on and join us here for the journey. And if you will say, yes, I want to be connected, um, the best step that you can take, the best intentional step that you can take here at the Hope Family Community uh, is to is to join a small group. To join a small group, that's the absolute best place to start. And so, will you take that step? And uh, we're not going to have a closing song this week. Um, but as I close, I want to ask each of you to do something. I want each of you to consider something and, and consider doing something that, for some of you, um, is going to be new. Uh, Our small groups, it's where we get snapped and scrunched together. Small groups are where we grow together. Small groups are we have that Velcro, you know, connection. (laughs) 
And again, Sunday morning, I think this is an important time to come together, to worship together, to follow Jesus together. I think this is important. But for us to build a deeper sense of community and actually do the one another's together and love one another together, um, we've been praying on and, and revamping our small groups. Um, Jim's been working hard. Pastor Jim's been working hard on that because we know that we are better together. We follow Jesus Together, we do it in community. Now, if you haven't been in a small group, just a real quick snapshot here. Small groups are usually about, you know, five to 12 people. They meet together during the week, um, typically in homes. Sometimes we have groups that elect to meet here in the church building as well. Um, and it's not a support group where you, you know, come and do all your inner work of uh, healing. Some places, you know, eventually people get to some of that in even smaller groups, but, but that's not the intention. This is not a therapy group. Um, this is a life together group where we get to know each other and, and to follow Jesus together and support each other. And so the big ask I'm making is that each of you in the Hope family would just try this. And out in our lobby, uh, Pastor Jim created a map and some signups with different nights and different locations that you can choose from. Um, and so I'm asking you, if you're, whether you're brand new and you don't know anyone, or you've been here for years and you know everybody, right? Either, either one, all of you, I'm asking all of us to, to try it. And I want you to know it's not forever, right? We're not signing you up for groups and you're never gonna be able to leave. It's not the Hotel California, right? You can check out, but you can never leave. It's not that. Um, doesn't go on and on and on without end, and you have just hope somebody, you know, has to die before you can leave the group. It's not that kind of deal. So, anybody ever been in a group where you're like, I really want to leave, but it's never over? Yeah, some of us maybe. Not going to admit it right now, but I've been in one of those groups. Um, but I'm asking you, like, just to try it. In fact, it's, we're trying something new where it's just three seasons a year where, like, we're going to start the mid-September and go up until right before Thanksgiving, and then we're going to take a break for the holidays. We're going to start again in January and do a season there, take a break, and then do one more. Uh, we're going to take Junes and Julys off, or maybe it's Julys and August, I don't, one of the two. But um, we're going to take breaks so that people, you know, don't feel like they are in and can never stop. Um, you can opt in, you can opt out. We encourage you to opt in and stay in. But um, I'm just asking you to try it, just for one season to try it. Um, heck, you can even just try it for a month. Like, you can do anything for a month. Um, don't just try it once or twice. You need to try it and give it a chance to try to connect and, 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 and grow in you and with you. But um, small groups are the place here at Hope, the best place for us to grow in our faith. Small groups are the best place for us to see transformation and discipleship happen. Small groups are the place where our connections, our Legoing and our Velcroing uh, happen. It's where we come together. It's where we follow Jesus together. And small groups are the place where our community grows deeper together. Because true community is where we get connected. It's where we get snapped in and scrunched together. And so... I'm asking each one of us to give it a try. And we're going to dismiss in a moment. And when you go out in the lobby, I encourage you to, to sign up, maybe even check out where the groups are at, um, and, and just look. Uh, you, you can sign up and pick a group, or you can sign up and just put a night that you prefer, whichever one you want. Um, 
but it is the best way for us to get connected. So there we go. Um, will you guys stand with me? I was going to give you a warning. I probably should have before the sermon that I had some uh, back pain all week, and I am on painkillers and muscle relaxers. So I'm just glad I didn't say anything really stupid today, I hope. Maybe I did. You'll tell me later. My wife was already worried, so I said, yeah, I said things at home, and she's like, yeah, don't say that. Yeah, so, um, but I just want to pray over us and bless us as we go, and again, if you're new, uh, stop by the Connect table out there. We've got a, a, something we'd love to give you, a gift out there, um, and the rest of you, check out the small group's information and locations and sign up and try it. So, people of hope, uh, God has called us into community, into life together, that no one stands alone. And as you go into this world, may he cultivate in your heart space to connect others to you and to him. May he bless the relationships that you have, that those connections would draw you closer to him and help you feel supported in the body of Christ. And may you be filled with the love of Jesus, that all of you would be filled with all of him, and that it would spill out and give life to everyone around you. Go now and be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You are just...